great day. I know people are going to be making their way in. I know you guys are the first ones in, but there will be a lot of people coming in in the next few minutes. So here's what we want to do. We just want to take and raise our hands to God and give Him this morning. If you would, just raise your hands with me. Lord God, we bless you. We thank you. We praise you for what you're going to do in this place today. Do me a favor. Just put your hand on your heart right now and just say, God, I give you my heart. Speak into my life today. Show me what you want me to see. Lord, I'm listening to you. Father, we thank you for that. We're listening, Lord. We want to hear. We want to be obedient to the things that you speak into our lives today. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.
Let your healing wash over me. 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 Let your healing wash over me.
about you, but I'm ready to see some more healings. More people set free. More deliverance. More miracles, God. Lord, let your healing come. woman pressed in through the crowd she had to get a touch from Jesus she wasn't going to give up that day she pressed in who knows how big that multitude was that day she wasn't even supposed to be that near to people near to a rabbi like that but she was going to get healing she'd heard of this man there was healing people the blind would see the lame would walk the leper would be cleaned again she pressed in may we be like that woman that would press in and just touch the hem of your garment and your healing would just flow out and then Jesus said who touched me that faith he sensed that faith in that woman Lord let us have that faith like that to press in and not to give up and to see healing in our time to see healing in our families to see healing in our homes, to see healing in our schools, to see healing in our states and our regions and our neighborhoods, to see healing in our nation, to see healing God.
bus near to you, oh Lord. Keep me so close to you, so close to you, so close to your heart. Keep me so close to you, Jesus. Keep me so close, so close, so close, oh Lord. Close to you, Jesus, so near to your heart. Near to you, Lord. Near to you, Lord. Keep me close, keep me close, keep me close, keep me close to closer today and you need to step in and just go closer with him I was reading in uh, John 15 yesterday and it talks about abiding he will dwell in us and we will dwell in him and it's like a branch in a tree we're to be like that close to God that we're just another branch on his tree. We're abiding in him. Lord, help us to be that people where we abide. We're just so near to God. If you're a branch, you're pretty close to the, to the, the, uh, the trunk. And you're never going to get away from it unless something cuts you off. I'll preach later. And you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve glory. 
we were worshiping, there was a line that was in the very first song that uh, Sean sang was, uh, you laid down your life that I may be set free. And our freedom was brought for a price. And I think sometimes we take it all too casually that, that, that God will just forgive and, and all of this. And we wind up getting entangled back in the same things again. And there's a verse that I haven't been able to escape from last week that I shared in the message. And I just want to touch on it again. And it says in Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then. In other words, stand in that freedom. Walk in the freedom that you have. Don't go back to the same things that are messing you up. Don't make those same mistakes over and over again. That God is here and he wants to do something inside of you. It says, do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Man, I just believe that God is going to do some things in some of your hearts today that's going to take you to a new place of freedom in him. New place that he wants you to be in freedom. Would you just raise your hands? Father, we just thank you for your freedom. We thank you that we have been set free. It is by freedom, Lord, that we have been set free. It is because of what you have done. And Father, we will not be re-yoked in that bondage, that slavery. But Father, we will walk in the, in, the, in the freedom that you laid down your life for, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's summertime at Coast, and we are so glad that you are here. Hello to everybody who is watching online. We're glad that you're joining us this morning. Just want to encourage you, if you're watching online, be sure and hit the, the share button uh, that's right there if you're watching on Facebook Live. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and that way you'll get all the notices every time we are online. We're so glad. Can we give a warm welcome to those who are watching online? Just a really quick thing of housekeeping, let you know that we, uh, Sean is getting ready to, to minister to us. He's getting ready to come back up. And then there's going to be a time of prophetic prayer at the end of the service, which means that our service will end a little bit differently. So if you'll notice in the back corners on both sides, the communion stations are there. If you still want to receive communion, that's available to you. The Bible says as often as you do this do this in remembrance of me. It's a great time to remember all that God is doing in our life, all that Jesus sacrificed for us. There's also a place where you can bring your tithes and your offerings. If you want to give something uh, a special for Sean, uh, you can just write out the check to Coast and just put on there uh, Sean, and we'll know it's for him, and we'll make sure that he gets it. 
Well, I'm excited. I'm ready to hear the word. How many of you are ready to hear the word of God? Would you please give a warm welcome to Sean Lombard. Let's look at a psalm today. Can we look at a psalm today? Um, it's good. We're going to look at Psalm 27. If you want to turn in your, your iPhone to Psalm 27. or So it's, uh, we're glad to be back on the Emerald Coast. And my wife, Allison, was here. I'm Sean Lombard, by the way. I know many of you were here when we came before. But some of you, I don't think, were here. And so I'm just telling you who we are. We're from Alabama. I didn't come playing a banjo on my knee. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and that's my son Cash in the very back trying to hide from everybody. <laughs> but we're glad to be with y'all. We've been coming down this way for a few years, not necessarily to this church, but we've been, it's interesting how we, we've gone to another church in the region and now we're coming over here and um, I take note of that when the Lord starts opening doors for us because we travel all over and it's, it's, it's happened to us before where we would go to a region and we'd be in more than one church. That's happened to us in Colorado. It's happened to us in New England. We'd go to a region. I knew the Lord was sending us for a purpose and sometimes the Lord will do that. And so you do need to take note when, you know, your life is different from mine, but when you start seeing something multiple happen, a lot of times God is speaking in that. So um, I'm just going to hang out with you today. That's all we've really been doing is hanging out with the Lord and hanging out with one another. Yeah. You know, Jesus is one of the greatest guys to just hang out. He, he had an anointing to hang out with people. <laughs> and sometimes, a lot of times, the people that the religious people didn't want to hang out with. <laughs> We had that happen last week. I was telling your pastor. Uh, we were in a little church ministering and we were hang and we had a guy in there that was probably the top guy that Jesus would have hang hung out with. He came in. He'd had a rough life. And he's just coming to the Lord. He's just coming into church. He has no grid for it. And then about halfway through the service, he openly confesses to the whole church. Well, I was drunk last night. Well, if you've got a religious bone in your body, that's going to be like, what? But then there's that part of me that's saying, wow, this is in the Bible where you just confess your sin. A lot of people would be ashamed to say that. And my wife, who's a mama bear, she just start with, she and a bunch of other praying women start praying with this young man. I prayed with him a little while as well. And by the end of the service, I know he was different from when he came. Is he completely free yet? I don't think so, but he's on the road to freedom. I think we saw some things actually leave him. He had to leave their prayer time and go to the bathroom because he, he threw up. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes that's how demons leave. I've seen it. And it's what church ought to be. It's ugly. It's sloppy. And we had to help him along. And we even had, I was leading the whole service. It was actually my, my brother's a pastor of a little church on, up on Sand Mountain. 
in Sand Mountain, Alabama. Sand Mountain's known for snake handlers. He is not one of those. He is not one of those. But just country, salt of the earth people. And uh, those situations, like I was telling your pastor, you want to see the person set free. You don't want to see them take over the service. And <laughs> so we had to establish some boundaries and authority. But I'm hoping that young man's back in church today. I'm going to call and check on him. His name is Doug. Pray for Doug. Lord, touch Doug. Bring deliverance to Doug. What better place for him to be than in church? So I've been uh, studying somewhat the life of David. I've been a worship leader for a good while. I've been leading worship for, I dare say, probably 20 years. I was a worship leader at a church close to Birmingham, actually in Irondale, Alabama, where their, their fried green tomatoes are kind of known for that. But I um, was there about 10 years, and then for 10 years we've been on the road in different places. And if you're anywhere any close to worship, and you guys were worshiping today, that was awesome. It was wonderful. It's wonderful for me to go places where um, you just jump on board and go with me. The worship leader really is just kind of the ship captain, the skipper. I'm the skipper. I'm not saying you're Gilligan, but uh, and we're not going to get lost. Sometimes I feel like Gilligan. But we're trying to lead you on a ship, worship. And some people too will get on board with you and some people won't. And uh, I think it's probably more like a canoe because we all kind of got to get in and paddle together and we'll hit some big waves. It'll get soft for a little while. And then, you know, it's uh, a lot of people get out and canoe this time of year and uh, kayak. And I saw some friends of mine that, that were doing that on the Yakoe. But it was great to see you worshiping today. Thank you for being engaged, just wanting to go after God. Let's talk about one of the greatest worshipers that we see in the Bible, and that's David. I've been looking at the life of David. I sat down with a, a, uh, a friend of our ministry and a, a father in worship, a father in prophetic worship, Ray Hughes. Has anybody ever heard of Ray Hughes? He has a lot of wonderful teaching on worship and you can pull him up on uh, YouTube and, and uh, he's from Kentucky and proud of it. And, and, uh, but he, he really is a wonderful teacher on worship and we were meeting with him um, the early part of 2020 and we were talking about worship and he said, it's time for the Davids to come out of the field. Yeah. And he, I said, well, what's, what's wrong with worship right now? Is there, and some of you might say, well, is there something wrong with it? I think there is at times. He said, we've got too many Saul's and not enough Davids. Yeah. Saul was the king before David. And Saul's greatest failure, even though he had been anointed to lead, his greatest failure was he was afraid of man. 
He's wanting to do everything to please men. That's what messed him up over and over again. And that's what's happening a lot of time in our worship. We're just doing things to please people. I brought you some songs you never heard before. Brought you some songs that I've written. In some churches, they would struggle with that because it's not in their grid. And you guys just jumped on it. Like a dog on a bone. You're all like, ready, let's go. Thank you. But see, that's not man-pleasing. If I was coming to man-please and make it easy, for, it's not easy to learn a new song. I could have just picked out all the top 40 and thrown those out to you and we'd have a nice little three or four songs and gone about 15 minutes or 20 minutes. But the Lord right now, and I'm not saying I'm a David. Now, Ray said, I, was, I said, Ray, I don't feel like a David. I feel like I'm too old to be David anymore. He said, it's not about your age, son. David was somebody that was overlooked. Let's, I actually had you look at Psalm 27. We're going to get to that. Let's look at that story in 1 Samuel 16. David is this kid that's overlooked, and God is looking for those people right now that are going to be so completely in love with Jesus that they're not worried about pleasing. Yes, we want to be friend to people, but first our friendship is to the Lord. And our commitment is first to him. And out of that, we minister to people. Because a lot of times we get that flip-flop. Let's look at this young man that was in 1 Samuel 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saul had messed up. He kept being disobedient. He kept pleasing men. And God is saying, he's not going to be the king anymore. He's not going to lead these people. How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? He's talking to the prophet Samuel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Samuel says, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you should do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? Well, they kind of, they were wondering what was going on. The prophets showing up in town. He said, peaceably, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was, so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, now listen to this very carefully in verse 7. Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For, Lord looks, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. So what's happening is he's gone to this area that the Lord told him. And this man, Jesse, is bringing out his, all of his sons, at least all that we know about. These sons passed before the prophet. 
And he's bringing out the ones that the think, he thinks the prophet would be interested in. It's the biggest. It's the strongest. And every son passes, in, every son passes before this prophet. And Samuel's just shaking his head. He's, no, it's not this one. Jesse made Shama pass by. I'm not good with all these names. David has the Lord. Neither is the Lord chosen. This one, then Jesse made the seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel says to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And that would be David, David, which means beloved. There is some that will tell you that David might have been a, uh, an illegitimate son. We don't know that for sure. He is not being included in this for a reason. And then they go get this shepherd boy out of the field. They wait. The prophet waits. And the whole story about Samuel is remarkable too. He is this young man that is born to a woman that couldn't have children and she cries out to God. It's in the beginning of the book of 1 Samuel. Hannah, his mother, is crying out in the temple saying, God, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. This is a man that has been consecrated to the Lord. He's been, he was raised in the temple as a very young child. He hears from God in a supernatural way in a time where they weren't hearing from the Lord. And now the whole region has come to respect this man. That's partly why they were fearing when he showed up. Because it would even be said about Samuel in 1 Samuel 3.19 that none of his words fell to the ground. Which means everything the Lord would give him would come to pass. And so this man, this important man to God, waits. There's one more. Send and bring him, he tells Jesse. For we will not sit down till he comes. That's the place we're in right now. Is the Lord is waiting for these Davids to come out of the field. These Davids. These young men that have been passed over. And maybe their history isn't the greatest. Like the young man we were ministering to last week. Struggling. Are we going to wait on these young men and ladies? It's not just a, a man thing. Right now, God is looking for warriors. And we, the church, should be in that place where we're willing to wait and not get in a hurry and wait on these to come. And maybe some of them, maybe they were the ones that were passed over. We know David was not the tallest. I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Got a pastor here that's he was saying nearly 6'4". And uh, God can use anybody. He's going to use the tall guys. He's going to use the short guys. David was probably a shorter man is what we understand him to be. There's even a psalm that was uncovered it's considered the 151st Psalm. If you look it up, it was discovered in some of the ruins and it's over there in Israel. And it talks about him being a, 
a smaller man with smaller hands even. So don't ever, you know, don't get hung up on the way you look. We have a, t a son is 13 and we're all the time helping him. I know he, he doesn't like me calling him out right now. But he's at that age where he's thinking about how he looks and how he presents himself to the world. And some of us struggle with that our whole life. How I look. Well, God made me too short. He made me too tall. He made my arms too long. You know, we get hung up on all this stuff. And God can use you the way you are. Just who you are. I've seen God powerfully use people. I was, I was telling you we minister in Colorado some and one of the first times I went out there to this church, they did not tell me that there was a young minister in the church that's a paraplegic. He's in a wheelchair. They didn't tell me this and I'm up there in a service and all of a sudden he comes in in that thing like a hurricane just Wizard, he starts prophesying to everybody. That'll just, it wrecked, it kind of wrecked me in the moment when I saw it. He's prophesying to me. I'm seeing angels all around him. I'm prophesying to him. He's walking in such an anointing. He was a wild man before he came to the Lord. He was in and out of, uh, you know, juvenile. And then finally he was in a wreck that did that to him. And then he comes to the Lord and, and walks in this incredible anointing. And he has struggles physically. But then he goes out on the street and prays for people to get healed. He's fearless. He's a friend of mine, Kavika Cornelius. His mother is Hawaiian. Kavika means David. We're talking about David. He's a David. He has a, a ministry called Freedom and Joy in Loveland, Colorado. He takes people to psychic fairs to minister to people. How are you going to say no to a kid in a wheelchair that wants to pray for you? It's God. Jehovah Sneaky that does stuff. I went with Kavika to a psychic fair to minister. I was blown away. I mean, the way I was raised, we didn't want to go near those people. Here he is just busting up in the enemy's camp, you know, doing it all the time. Taking people to Las Vegas to the minister of people on the street. God is looking for more Davids right now. Maybe they got overlooked. Maybe they were the last one that nobody, that, that the daddy wouldn't even call. The daddy wouldn't even call that son out of the field. He had all these other boys up there. Why didn't he have David out there? So Samuel waits. I'm telling you, that's where we are right now. You got to be patient like this prophet. Send and bring him. I will not sit down till he comes here. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. Now he, he, he might have been a little guy, but he was a looker. <laughs> and the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. 
We were talking to our son about this last night. How you may have a gifting, you may have an authority and even a leadership gift. But you may have to wait to step into it. And you may be in a season of serving because David was anointed right here. But he had to go through a season of serving and even a season of difficulty. 21 years, the pastor says. So how old did they think he was when he was anointed there? Do they know? Fifteen, sixteen. I'm going to grab my tea over here. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter what you look like. The things that have stood out to me, and there's so many attributes, and I'm not trying to place this man on a pedestal because he was imperfect. David had his flaws. We can all relate to that. But... Uh, he was a warrior, he was a worshiper, he was a leader. And God is looking for that right now in the earth. He's looking for warriors. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for leaders. So early 2020, I was talking to Ray Hughes and he was telling me God is bringing forth the Davids. They're coming out of the fields and a lot of times there are people that have been overlooked. His, his thing about David was he was overlooked. And he's right. He says it's not about your age. A lot of us, oftentimes, maybe you were the last one picked for the team. Remember kickball in high school, in, in elementary school? And the kids, the kids that were really good at it are looking and saying, well, we, we, don't, we, really, we do not want him. <laughs> Overlooked. Most everybody in this room has experienced rejection. It's not fun. But we all can experience freedom. We don't have to carry it around all of our life. We don't have to do everything because of that rejection. Get free of it. So David, here this guy, really was experiencing a form of rejection. But he comes forth and he's anointed. There's so much we could say. You could teach about David for weeks, really. But let me just read to you a little bit in Psalm 27. I was looking at the Psalms. I've been reading in the Psalms. And I always see things I don't see when I read back through these things. I've been looking especially at these Psalms that David wrote. David did not write every Psalm. But he wrote quite a few of them. Psalm 27, we were actually singing some of the lines from it today. But it opens up with the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There's that warrior that I'm talking about. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see that depicted early with him when he goes out and they're all at a stalemate with this Philistine giant. And David just says, sees an enemy that's mocking his God. Of whom shall I be afraid? There are other moments when he shows fear and he will run. But in that moment, he just saw what nobody else seemed to be able to see. 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So I said, he's a warrior. He's a worshiper. His focus is so often on the Lord. And I think that's what the Lord was, was after. Uh, when Samuel goes to anoint him, he says, don't look at the outside, Samuel. And we do that a lot. You've got to look at the heart. David's writing here. Psalm 27, one thing I have desired that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. So we were singing some of those. I just took verses and I just put it to music. I, sometimes I feel like a plagiarist because I'm just putting... I just love to just, let's just sing the word of God. And some people might call me religious or old fashioned, but sometimes I'm troubled when I go to places and I hear four or five songs and I really don't hear anything that reflects the word of God. I'm not saying it even has to be word for word. It doesn't have to be verbatim, King James. You don't have to be singing thus thou. You know, it, but it, can, it, can it be inspired even by the word? We need the word of God in our worship. We need the word of God in us. That's the word I brought to you the last time I was here. If any of you remember, it was Colossians 3.16. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And then I talked about, what I talked about? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're looking at a psalm today, which is just an old way of saying a song. And a song that would have been sung in the tabernacle of David where there were multitudes of, of musicians and singers worshiping around the, the presence of God. So he's saying, that's the thing I've desired. And that's the thing that keeps me going. When I'm in the midst of war, when, I, when the enemy is encamped around me, I, I know God is stronger than all of that. And I just want to be in that place of worship. And he goes on, to, he says, the secret place. Well, we sang that today too. And I've heard that all my life, being a Pentecostal charismatic kid. and hear him talking about the secret place. And sometimes I'd be sitting out there, well, where is this secret place? <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people preach and share things about it. I'll tell you what the Lord showed me about it. We've been traveling a little while, and, and my son now is 13, but when we started, he would be three and four, and we'd be in different churches. And I would, right when we were walking in the church, I'd say, now, son, don't run. And that would just go right over his head. A four-year-old. Now, son, let's not run today in church. So church would be over, and he was always 
the, the runners find the other runners. And so church would be wrapping up. And there's, there's running and all kinds of things going on. We would be somewhere where he didn't know anybody, but he found a running buddy or a jumping buddy. And, but I would notice all of a sudden, it, and maybe we're church, the service is over and we're packing up some things, we're getting ready, ready to leave, and maybe I was visiting with somebody or my wife, and all of a sudden he would have been playing. All of a sudden it's like he thinks about himself and he. Well, where's dad? Or where's, and he would run straight to me, nearly knock me over and stand right there by my leg. He just wanted to know where I was. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that's the secret place. Yeah. We're out here in the world and we're running. And we find our buddies and we run and we do our things and we get busy. And then all of a sudden we think about God. Oh, where is he? And we run to him and we want to be near to him and stay close to feel safe and secure. Because when little four-year-old, those of you that had kids or grandchildren, when they're right there, they, nobody's, they're safe. They're fine. Nobody's going to, my southern vernacular, mess with them. That's how you are in God's secret place. And that's how we all need to be in the secret place all the time. Because even if, even if the enemy can see you, he is not going to bother you because you're up next to God. Papa God. You know, my four-year-old and then some kid that's 10 that might, maybe he wanted to hit him or something. He's not going to do it now because he's up there with his dad. Let's get in that secret place, y'all, and learn to just live there. David would write about it in Psalm 23. Uh, you know, he's going to prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. They can see you, but they cannot touch you. They're not going to try. And uh, verse 6, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Sacrifice of joy. There was a spirit of joy here today, y'all. Did you feel it? There was peace, there was healing, there was joy. And we should have joy in our worship. We should have joy in our praise. Lyndall Cooley, who led worship over here for a long time, has traveled the world in this awesome worship leader. He says that one of our struggles right now with worship is we don't have joy in our worship anymore. I think he's on to something. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Now, this is very interesting here in that verse. If you look at the original Hebrew, the first is sing. And then he says, yes, I will sing praises. That's, that's, he says sing, that's to sing. But then the next one where he says sing, it's actually not sing. It's actually playing. That word for praises in the Hebrew is a Hebrew word, zamar. And it means to play an instrument, to pluck, to play. And they, they would play harps and all these different ancient instruments. But that where he says, I will sing praises to the Lord, that second one there is actually playing an instrument. And one of the things I'm doing everywhere I go now is I encourage people, 
If there is anybody in your house that's interested in music, you should encourage that. Find a way to get them whatever, whatever they need and release a sound in your home. There's something powerful. If it's a keyboard, if it's a guitar, if it's a ukulele, if it's a kazoo. I had a kid last week pull a kazoo out of his pocket. Man, he was playing that thing. There's something about live music. And I just want to encourage that everywhere I go because we're getting a little too passive and we're getting a little bit too good about, well, yeah, I know how to play the radio. It's not even the radio anymore or, or, or uh, Apple Music or, or Spotify. And that's all good. I'm a huge uh, fan of music. My wife and son can tell you that. I probably drive them crazy with all the music I find and want to listen to. But we need more worshipers where it's happening in our home. Because that's what you see with David. He was out tending the sheep, and he had some type of little instrument with him, and he would get out and just sing. He was just by himself. Maybe he was, I don't know if the sheep were getting something out of that. Maybe they were. I know some of you people sing to your cats and dogs. I'm not at that level yet. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, verse 7, have mercy upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. See, he had seen that with Saul. Saul had been turned away in anger. He knew what that looked like. And he respected Saul. But he had seen that happen. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. We saw that too. When my father and my mother forsake me. Some of us come out of, I'm grateful to have a, a Christian mom and dad, a pastor uh, dad, but I know some folks come out of homes that are awful. Well, look at that verse. The Lord will take care of you. The Lord will be your father. The Lord will be your father and mother, really. His love is greater than a mother's. And I know some of you mamas really know how to love. Mine does. God's love is even greater. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. I found this very interesting. I was looking at this, and these are, these are the kind of crazy things when I study the Bible that I get excited about. I was telling Allison, teach me your way, O Lord. Some of your translations may say your ways. But this is the same Hebrew word that you see in Exodus 33 when Moses is conversing with the Lord. He would have those times where he would be talking to the Lord. And Moses in Exodus 33, he's saying, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your way. It's the very same thing. Moses, one of their greatest leaders. And now you have David saying the same thing. Now, what does that mean? That Hebrew word there is actually speaking of customs and how you do Things, God, how do you operate? Show me how you operate, how you do things. What are your customs? I know what our customs are in the earth. Like in America, it's custom, customary for me to shake hands. 
course, we're not doing a whole lot of that after last year, but we have certain customs and things that we do. Hey, I was on a missionary trip in Kenya, in Central Eastern Africa. The men will go walking down the street holding hands, and that is a sign of friendship. And so one of the guys grabbed my hand, and here we are walking down the street, you know. He's a grown man holding my hand. <laughs> that is their custom. You ever go over there? I actually, I felt the friendship. I could feel it. I was like, whoa, this is powerful. It's not something I'm going to walk around in America doing. But, wow. So David is crying out to the Lord and he's saying, show me how you operate, God. What are your customs? How do you do things? What's your kingdom like? That's a powerful prayer to pray, and I would encourage you to pray that. Show me your face. He's talking about show, show me your face. That's very similar to what Moses was saying. Show me your face. Show me your glory. It's show me who you are, God, and how you do things. You start praying that way, and you are a leader. I told you, he's a warrior. He's a worshiper. He's a leader. You start praying that way, God, show me your face and how you do things. Because he will start showing you. You might have an angel come in a dream and speak to you because that's one of the ways, that's how his kingdom, how he does things. Angels just come to and fro. Hear a word for somebody out on the street. And it could be very different from what you're used to, but it's the kingdom of God operating in the earth and he wants his kingdom through us, using us. Little old you, little old me. One of the greatest sermons I heard was Randy Clark in Birmingham and his whole message was God can use little old me. And he just told story after story about how God would heal people. And he would start praying for them and he said, I didn't have any faith. And then I start praying, then I have a little more faith. And he just saw so many people healed and touched. And that's one of God's ways where we just take time and we decide I'm going to pray for this person even if I don't feel good that day and try to step into God's faith and maybe out of my faith. His ways. Teach me your ways. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, verse 12, for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. You think you're having a hard day? This man had, he went through some stuff. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That's the first thing I was telling you when I opened up was Jesus was really good about hanging out with people. And we have become such an increasingly fast-paced society. And a lot of times we don't have time for people. And if we're not careful, then we won't have time for our family. We've got to not only wait upon the Lord, but learn how to just hang out with people and see what 
what their life's like. See how things are going with them. Now, this wait on the Lord, and I think this is where we get hung up, especially in America. We think this is a, well, you're, you're just going to wait there till you, 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 you um, become like one of those trees out in the West that becomes petrified. You waited so long. It's not that kind of wait at all. It's like a wait staff, like when you go to the restaurant, an excellent wait staff, and we experience that here at one of your, your restaurants. They're just coming before you even ask for it, coming with what you need. That's how we should be to the Lord. That's the weight he's talking about. We're looking to the Lord and crying out to him what his needs are. An excellent waiter, an excellent waitress. You've been to those places and you walk away. Maybe, even the, maybe the food wasn't even that great, but you're really impressed with the wait staff. We should be waiting on the Lord like that and being, being of good courage, having courage in these days. A warrior, a worshiper, a leader. God, raise these people up. And I'll finish with this and we'll pray and we'll just minister to some people. I don't know. Robert's been telling everybody we're going to pray and prophesy. I don't know what God will do. But he never disappoints and he's always faithful. But always, sometimes I feel funny uh, when I hear all of that, because I'm thinking, who's he talking? Oh, he's talking about me. <laughs> we were at a, uh, we're part of a, a an association of, of ministries that is based in Birmingham. It's called Patria Ministries. Patria means uh, family in Latin. And uh, we uh, were gathering, we gather once a year, and we call it the family reunion. Because we're family. And there were several different ministries there. There are pastors. There are churches. There are itinerant ministries. There are Christian businesses. So we're gathered and there was a pastor there that had never. We were actually in his facility. And it was a young pastor. And uh, some of us were going to pray for him. He shared a little bit. And I'm looking at him as he's standing up there. And the Lord's saying, he's a David. And so they all gathered around. They were giving him different words. And his first name was Jeremy. And I said, well, I know your name's Jeremy, and that's cool because that's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. I feel like you probably will weep over this nation and over things at times. You know, a lot of times God will speak just through your name, the name that you carry. God will speak through it over and over again. I said, but you're a David. And all of a sudden, when I got on that word, this doesn't happen to me all the time, but I could barely stand. The Spirit of God just came in. You are a David. And then I'm thinking, oh, he is a David. You're a, and, and then I, I said those things, just they just came out of me. That river of living water, all of a sudden, I just said, you're a warrior, you're a worshiper, you're a leader. I didn't even give him that much of a word, but it, I just knew it was God. I could, my knees were buckling. I said, and you know what? The mighty men are coming. David had this troop of warriors around him. Not only was he a warrior, but he attracted other warriors, crazy warriors 
Amazing. They were called the mighty men of David. And they would take out the giants too. I said, there's mighty men coming and they're going to help you take out the giants in this area. That's what we need right now, y'all. We need leaders, warriors, worshipers that are bold. They're living in a, from the secret place. They're living from a place of communion and intimacy with the Lord. That even when they mess up, they run back to the Lord in a place of humility. They know they haven't got it all figured out, but they are, you know, the difference in a warrior and just a soldier is the warrior is, is just ready to go. And there were all those soldiers down there looking at Goliath and they didn't know what to do. But the warrior shows up and knows exactly what to do. Warrior, worshiper, leader. What does it say about leaders? They're going to want to be seeing God's face, really near to God, and know his ways. You have a really great leader here. I'm just getting to know Robert, but I know he's a good leader, a solid leader. It's pressed in over the years. And it's awesome to be here and to see all your faces and worship with you. So let me pray. Father, I'm grateful to be here with this group, Coast Community Church. I pray that they'll receive this word. And Lord, raise up David's and do a new thing. Do whatever you want to today, God. Bless this word. Bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So first, how many of you you say, I feel like that bears witness with me. I feel like maybe I'm, stand up with me. You feel like maybe you're that, that overlooked guy or girl or gal. Just stand up with me. To be like a David, you feel like maybe there's a, there's a warrior thing. It's a lot of you ladies, and maybe more ladies that stand than men. Look at that. So, Lord, I just bless this in them. And I speak hope over them. Many of you, it's hard for me to move around with this mic because I'll get feedback. But, Lord, bless these ladies that have stood. And maybe they've been overlooked in the past, but, God, you're bringing them out of the field, these Davids. They're going to be fighting. Lord, break off any words, things that have held them back in the past. And I pray that they can move forward in their destiny. Lord, bless these warriors. Bless these worshipers. Bless these leaders, Lord. There's more leaders to arise in this hour. Where there's been struggles, may they know where to go to just run to your secret place, God. Bless these in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like one of, your, one of your things, too, is I believe God's going to be increasing your prayer here. More and more, I believe you're, you're going to just have some really um, pretty intense intercession. I believe you've got some intercessors here already, but the Lord is kind of bringing together. And there was some of those that stood up. But there's a real anointing in prayer right now that you're going to tap into here. That's going to push you to that next place. Prayer is going to be extremely important. 
So, Lord, bless the prayer warriors, God, the intercessors, those that uh, may get woken up in the middle of the night. Some of you are going to be woken up pretty early and pray for a few hours and then go back to bed or maybe even pray all night. I don't know, but I really see the Lord uh, stoking the fires of intercession and prayer. And that's going to be really key to where you're going. Amen. When I said that, I heard the name Rhonda. Is there a Rhonda here? Your best friend's Rhonda. How's Rhonda doing? Okay. Uh, well, let's pray for Rhonda. Father, we pray for this lady. It's time for her to come to the Lord. It's time. You're calling out her name, Jesus. And we pray for Rhonda that she would be saved, healed, delivered, that she would never be the same, God. Holy Spirit, touch her and bless her in Jesus' name. Is there any other Rondas? No? Hallelujah. Okay. Lord, bless this friend with these health issues that she would be healed, that she would be whole. Both of these Rhondas are in need. One needs salvation, one needs healing. And we declare healing over Rhonda in Jesus' name. Wholeness, life, and laughter. Help God. Help her in these days. In these days. Send help to her, Jesus. Send help to her, Jesus. Send help to Rhonda in Jesus' name. Send help to her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I know it's 1130. If you need to leave, it doesn't offend me. We may go a little while. Part of my ministry a lot of times is just waiting on the Lord and seeing what he wants to do. Um, but you don't offend me if, if you have something that you need to go to. Uh, 